Oh, you crazy! You want to be crazy? No, I'll show you crazy! You Listen, I don't know about these other guys, but we are like a superhero. No? We're like, da, 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 da. we're not crazy! Everybody knows you never go full retard. Muhammad is the most commonly used name on earth. We had a fucking book for one. Did you get that memo? Yeah, I got the memo. Picasso is dead. Walt Disney is dead. I'm dead. Steve Jobs is dead. I'm not superstitious, but I am a little stitious. Welcome to the Mentally Gone podcast. And welcome to Mentally Gone number 20. Um, if you are new to the podcast, uh, welcome to first time listeners. My name is Callie Lacerda. I'm Gabriella Lopes. And this podcast is about just covering a vast array of topics there. Uh, it's completely uncensored. The whole idea is for us to just babble and just talk. Free ball it. And we have no idea why there are people who enjoy watching us and listening to us, but here we are. Oh, it's so crazy to me. So crazy, episode 20, which doesn't seem like a lot, but for us, um, considering everything is just edited by us, like we edit everything, uh, it's a lot. It's a lot to to do, you know, especially now that we're uh, focusing more on TikTok and we're focusing on YouTube and we're trying to focus on all these different facets of content creation and we're trying to create like a brand, like a a significant brand that stands for something and yeah it's just a lot so but it's well worth it is what i'm trying to say like I'll, like i'm not trying to like op- like open this episode being like oh like this shit's so so much no work. but I you know what shit. a year ago when we filmed our first episode i went to my job at the time at barnes and noble mm-hmm. and you already know this story but i'm letting the fans know just so they know and some like psychic lady just approached the register and then looks at me and says whatever career you're starting right now or business you're starting right now it's going to be very successful Mm -hmm. and that's what she said and it was right it was literally the day after we filmed our first podcast episode so which is literally monumental we're almost well now we're way past a year into this which 20 episodes doesn't seem like much but we're trying to be yeah. consistent now which is literally a lyric um taken from the song i wonder yeah by kanye a psychic read my lifeline a psychic read my lifeline yeah that's it, funny that's 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 pretty crazy it's pretty coincidental um and we're gonna have kids in five years what yeah yeah that's what she I'm, said i don't know man i'm gonna cut that part out of the it podcast. was pretty <laughs> why yeah why no it's a joke oh <laughs> uh anyways um so the first topic that i wanted us to start this episode off with is regarding chess and i know that sounds boring because of you know chess but if you know uh i i think a lot of people listening to this and watching this right now will probably remember the whole queen's gambit hype Mm -hmm. right with that girl with the buggy eyes um that made chess just just enter the mainstream once again um everybody my sister bought a chess piece everybody was spending hundreds of dollars on specialized boards and pieces Mm -hmm. and and reading like reading up on it um trying to understand the game better it's pretty crazy right the 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 power of netflix and the power of media but that isn't what this is about necessarily it's not about the queen's gambit it's about an article that i read recently that basically um addressed the idea of chess being 
being a genius game, right? Because a lot of people, when they tell you that that they're chess grandmaster, you automatically associate them as like being this highly genius, intelligent, highly right. intelligent. Um, which there is truth to that, but what a lot of people don't understand is that the people who gravitate more towards chess are on the are on the autistic spectrum. Mm-hmm. You know, like they tend to. Uh, be more analytical they don't have m- much emotional intelligence which aren't like prerequisites for the game of chess itself so they wouldn't do well for example in the game of poker because you have to do a lot of bluffing you have to be emotionally intelligent and autistic people don't have that privilege right mm-hmm. so they gravitate towards chess because it's very uh analytical and it's designed for their brain kind of that's interesting because the even though we're not talking about Queen's Gambit, the character Beth Harmon, right? Mm-hmm. I think that was her name. She is, well, the writers never said this blatantly, but she's supposed to be depicting an autistic character mm. because she, like, for example, the scene where she's imagining the chess board on her ceiling and then these large chess pieces moving around, that's a sign that she's a visual thinker, which most autistic people can relate to they're more visual thinkers Mm. and so they 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 can imagine and and envision you know things very vividly and detailed Mm -hmm. um which is why sometimes i wonder if i'm on the spectrum at all i was about to say that because i have very photographic memory Mm -hmm. and i'm a much like i'm definitely a visual learner versus one like someone who just like learns from being like spoken to for example Mm -hmm. and i don't know like that that's just really interesting and she's a chess player and also People who are on the autistic spectrum always seem to be like prodigies, very talented at yeah. one thing. Mm-hmm. So, and one example from the Queen's Gambit that just came into mind, and that that's also linked to the article that I read, is the scene where she's kind of playing chess on the ceiling, just like you said. Uh, one of the real life chess players from back in like the nineteen early nineteen hundreds, uh, he. Prior to committing suicide, he said that uh, he played chess with God mm. and he lost. And I feel like that is very interesting. Maybe those uh, producers of the show or the directors, the writers, they have a keen understanding of the history of chess and what happened to a lot of people in the early 1900s. But essentially, this article speaks on that. So even late 1800s, early 1900s, there was this epidemic of chess that was ultimately linked to a high rate of suicide Mm. and people were literally killing themselves after playing uh copious amounts of chess and at the time they believed that chess was not only uh dangerous but it was a waste of time so a lot of housewives for example they spoke out in like news articles which wasn't common at the time because women didn't really have a voice but they would speak out in like articles, more specifically the American, the, the Scientific American magazine, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and they spoke out and said that as a revenge towards their husbands, they would also dev- uh, basically relinquish themselves of any house duties and just focus one mindedly, single mindedly on the game of chess because that's what their husbands were doing. So they were neglecting everything and just becoming addicted to the game of chess and 
the the reason I wanted to start this episode off with chess specifically is because um, the same thing happened or continues to happen now with gaming. You know, like mm. a lot of people view gaming as a waste of time. A lot of people view gaming as dangerous, as violent. Um, a lot of people associate school shooters with gaming. A lot of people associate violence, home abuse, um, abusive children, bullying to the world of gaming. Right. And mental illness, too. Mental illness. Yeah. Which is another thing. People who are very like socially awkward tend to be, you know, gamers, gamers for yeah. example. Um, and then the same thing could be said with chess, where maybe the people who were more socially awkward, which is like a stereotype, too. Like if you ever saw nerdy high schoolers in movies, mm -hmm. they were in the chess club, right. you know, so it's like that stereotype that they're the they they don't belong in society. And so they, you know, join this like niche group mm -hmm. where you don't even have to do any speaking. Right. Everything is being said through the movement of pieces and, mm -hmm. and through a game. And then same thing with video games. Yeah. But but why do you think like why do you think it would result in people committing suicide? Well, so so the so the problem with this article and it's stated also within the article is that at the time a, like a lot of these so first and foremost, people who are on the on the um, autistic spectrum. Is it autistic spectrum or autism spectrum? I guess autism spectrum. So people who are to some degree autistic, right? They have a greater predisposition to be depressed and anxious and nihilistic. Mm. So, so that's a known scientific fact, apparently. And so back in the day, they were just quick to link whatever came first if that makes sense. So, so, uh, wait, because it's hard to explain because this is a long article and I have like bad memory. But essentially what the article stated was that that one example of a grandmaster who achieved the epitome of what a chess player could achieve at the time. Like he was championed. He was um, made headlines in every article and news and newsletter. Um he he killed himself after he, after he finished his chess playing phase and went to open a legal office a law firm and his law firm went under and was unsuccessful and so the the economic and financial burden and weight that that disaster caused him might have been the reason for his suicide but then the papers wanted a a more juicy headline and so they associated the epidemic at the time which was chess to the reason why he committed suicide. And the mm. same has been done with GTA, for example. It has made countless headlines uh, claiming that GTA is ruining kids' brain. It's like it's burning neurons. It's it's motivating them to kill. It's incentivizing killing. But a lot of times that kid's problem comes from child rearing and child developing. You know, like it's the parents' fault at the end of the day. What you said is so interesting because chess is such an unpredictable game right like someone can be an a, a phenomenal player and then they meet their match who's who's an even better player who yeah. you know because people who play chess like tend to you know study and practice for hours because there's so many different possibilities and moves and you have to learn to outsmart your fellow player mm -hmm. and and 
what you said is interesting because since the game is so unpredictable, when you win, it must put people on such a high. Right. And then when they lose, it's like it's it's in you know it's um it's very draining right right it's like yeah. an emotional killer and so and then what you said about how for example the guy that you mentioned who who quit chess or or retired from it he no longer had that that high and i think that it becomes like an addiction too which we it saw does. with the queen's gambit like that was a perfect de- depiction of someone who becomes so intensely obsessed with you know this thing that they're pursuing or doing Mm -hmm. and then for a lot of people like and and interestingly enough like i think that i saw like a youtube video uh, or some or read an article i think we saw it together where they said that chess is actually like the number one trending it is search or or the number one trending like video um video videos to watch right on youtube Mm -hmm. so that's so crazy to me yeah it's like i i wouldn't think it would be such a big thing until of course we watched queen's gambit and we saw you know the the consequences right the what happened the aftermath of it and i think that the same can be linked to for example trading and both of us have had experience trading um like if you're trading the stock market, for example, I think it's the same line of thinking as as the chess, for example, because like chess is very methodical. It's very technical. So you study strategies, hundreds of thousands of strategies, and then you have to choose one for that particular opponent in that particular moment that you think has the greatest probability or greatest outcome. And the same applies to trading when you study the the um, technical analysis and you study fundamental analysis and you study all these indicators and like all these strategies that have like a 80% win rate or a 90% win rate. And then what ends up happening is on a shitty market day, like you test, you, you, you put into play your best strategy and you end up getting fucked in the ass, you know, like, like that's just the reality of trading. So it's the ups and downs exactly as you described. And it takes like a huge emotional toll, emotional toll. Yeah, because like that's what you have to play with when you're a trader, right? When you trade a stock market, when you trade futures, when you trade whatever it is, uh, Bitcoin, crypto, you you have emotional capital that you're dealing with mm-hmm. that and that you're putting into play. And so like people who are like like have a greater predisposition for like depression for example or anything along those lines like those aren't necessarily the best career paths because it's not consistent Mm -hmm. you know it's not like being a podcaster like i view for example people who have a successful podcast i view that as being the ideal career for myself and that's why i gravitate towards it and i have gravitated towards it my whole life is like I like I don't see this as being a job. I just see this as being an opportunity to speak to people and to develop the uh, nice connection with both you and and whoever's sitting across the table with the viewers and the listeners. And so I think that that's like the most virtuous um, outcome, in my opinion, you know, (laughs) everybody send Callie a virtual hug. Yeah, virtual hugs. Um. Anyway, so so do you have anything else to contribute to the whole chess thing? Yeah, real quick, right? Because as we were saying, well, as I said, you know, people who 
who are on the autism spectrum do tend to be like prodigies and and one example which which surprisingly has hasn't been proven is that Lionel Messi has Asperger's and he is a world-class soccer player. Right. But it like his plays have been analyzed and you can clearly tell that he's good at doing one thing single-mindedly. Like, Mm -hmm. like, like he's great at repeating a movement and he consistently plays soccer in a very specific way, in a very specific manner. And he just has this like hyper level of precision because like that's what autistic people are great at. Like 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 they really channel into one thing and they become obsessed with it. So if you like analyze all of his plays and and I think I've seen like videos in the past of people analyzing it and measuring like how far away the the ball leaves him or or like or, or like moves away from him before he reconnects with it like he's one of those players where it's like it's always a consistent distance like he's always on the ball and I've, once he's on the ball like nobody can like take him away from the ball you know I've noticed in those compilation videos that they do of the soccer plays mm-hmm. that his movements always seem like almost identical yeah. every time when he mm-hmm. does like the crazy goals and the or the you know setting up players to score and whatever yeah yeah it's really versus more like open-minded create i'm not saying that Messi isn't open-minded because he can come up with creative plays and he's very like precise in his plays but that's just the problem it's like well not well not the problem that's just the difference between him and and say like a cristiano ronaldo Mm -hmm. or a neymar for example like they're more creative players right like they'll they'll come up with they'll be like more intuitive like on the spot right like right that's the word i was looking for though they're better at improvising yeah Whereas, like you said, you you can tell like the there are a number of players like that that you know follow the same movement, follow the same, um, you know, mm-hmm. the same the same path mm-hmm. pattern pattern right yeah. before scoring or passing or whatever. And the last thing that I just want to mention before we move on from this um, autistic topic is that it makes me wonder if and this isn't like a. Um, a diss towards people who identify with this for example because i don't think it's like uniquely uh for the autistic people but i think that a lot of autistic people do gravitate towards like cosplay and towards like rpg gaming stuff Mm. uh because of that like people who are obsessed with gaming and who collect like action figures and who like you know who I'm talking about who dress up as a certain character and who live vicariously through that character. Maybe people who like cosplaying and like role playing uh, Dungeons and Dragons and all that stuff. I'm not saying it in a bad way, but I think that because of that hyper obsession, uh, like of one single thing, I think anyone who's a hyper obsessed with anything, like if you're hyper obsessed with bird watching, collecting butterflies or doing anything, collecting Funko Pops. I think that you are on the autistic spectrum. You know what? That's actually one of the questions. They have like an online test that you can take to see if you have like autism autism or ADHD or, you know, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. And one of the questions is, do you tend to collect, you know, items? Mm-hmm. Do you have like a collection or yeah. of items or whatever? And so that, that's probably... Yeah, that actually is one of the questions. So that that's actually... That's actually pretty accurate what you said. Anything any like very obsessive behaviors or or collecting like that could 
like we're not saying you have autism or ADHD or whatever, but that could like it could mean right. It could be an indicator. It doesn't mean you have it, but you know, just interesting. So yeah, so that's all I really wanted to mention. Um, Real quick before we wrap this up, I just like to. Um, be accurate with the information here i'm just going to read this excerpt from this um, chess article that i'm talking about just so whoever wants to maybe look into the person that it cites or the magazine that it's citing uh, feel free to do so uh it states that in 1858 so it was like mid 1800 so i was off by like maybe a few like dozen years so um in 1858 paul morphy morphy became an American hero after being considered the best chess player at 21. It caused a surge in people taking up chess. However, newspapers and even Scientific American disavowed claims that chess proficiency is evident of a disciplined mind and superior intellect. Even Morphy called it a pastime. After leaving competitive chess and running a failing law firm, his mental health declined and newspapers unofficially declared him insane. So they would like uh, mm. print out these these like headlines claiming that he was mad or or that the um, chess crazed madman or something like that to um, I guess I guess just diminish the value of chess because also I think that that's ultimately the best way to keep people kind of um, hinged and kind of controlled is that mm-hmm. you, you don't want people to have creative strategic like you don't want a society filled with creative and strategic people like you want sedated people that are easy to control so i think it's 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 not it's not like um surprising to me that every newspaper was like diminishing the values of chess and diminishing the accolades of this guy you know like and and trying to like bury him and trying to like put him underground mm-hmm that's exactly what I was going to say. Like, there has to be an ulterior motive for, for, for why they would, yeah. you know, title it that way where, you know, chess, chess man goes insane or, you know, whatever mm-hmm. the case. It's like it's it's to keep people tame, like you're saying, because yeah. there were people who were reaching like insane financial success through chess. Right. They were doing, you know, like championships around the world, you know, mm-hmm. and then and. And I don't know how the world was at the time, but it still is that way now where, you know, especially in the U.S., like everybody, not everybody, but society or the way that the government is set up, like they just want people to work, you know, nine to five jobs. Mm -hmm. They want people to work like in the middle class. Like nobody, they don't want people to, to become part of the wealthy right and And so and like you said creative thinking like it's it's to it's to trap that mm -hmm. keep it you know keep it neutral and just a quick side note because you mentioned the whole like government wanting people to be very like boxed in and very um monotone and very uniform uh and you also mentioned creativity that's exactly what schools do in my opinion i think that schools are the ultimate creative killers because schools i don't know how many people know this but they were designed in the era of factory workers so it's very similar in format to to like a factory line to um, a factory as a whole so you have a line of workers that are tasked to 
to just focus on their individual jobs and get the work done. And then as the bell rings, you are dismissed or you can go um, eat your lunch or, or do whatever it is. And one of the main things that teachers always tell us as kids is to stop daydreaming. Mm. Right. So if you start like dozing off and you're just so uninterested with the material, which is a lot of the a lot of the times, at least with my personal experience with school, is that I was just very uninterested. I I like nothing really grasped me other than philosophy and like a few other stuff. Um, I would often just be like daydreaming. Right. So so teachers would always tell me, like, stop daydreaming, like pay attention, like you're in la la land, you, you know, like wake up, like come back to reality. But I think that that's the ultimate indicator of just what school does. It's it's meant to kill any any seeds of creativity that you may have. It's not there to to nourish those seeds. It's not there to like s- stimulate growth in, of those seeds. It's there just to you know kill it. And that's why it's very uniform. And that's why you have to wear a uniform. And that's why they want you to abide and to obey the teachers. And they want you to just say yes ma'am yes sir and follow just a schedule. follow yeah, schedules your lunch break you you're know? told what to think you're you're told what to consume you're told what to question you're you're even told what the sats are like what the questions are going to be on the on on the sats and examples of questions so it's like you're told both the questions and the answers in life and that's why and it was designed schools were designed for that solemn purpose to produce factory workers and that's what people don't realize. It's so, it's such an outdated system. And that's why I understand Kanye when he says that he's going to start his own schools and, and he's going to open his like own like yay universities and stuff because it's super outdated. Like the concept of school is just hundreds of years off. It's funny that you mentioned Kanye because I was just going to mention the interview that he did where he said all of our lives we've been living in a box. So mm. from from birth, we're in a crib and then we go to school we're at where we're at a desk you know we're always like in a box in a classroom and then when you work you're in a cubicle at your desk you know in an office and then you get promoted right. into a bigger right. box a bigger you're, office you're with a always view. you're always in a box and the only way out of it is if you're a creative if you're an entrepreneur and you go after something yourself mm-hmm. and you don't follow this like like you said, this, this, um, how do you say, like authoritative, what's the word I'm looking for? This like orthodox way of thinking, this authoritative disciplinary Right, right. Exactly that. Like, honestly, the, the idea of school, I feel like, I feel like I wouldn't be so opposed to, to like college, for example, or to school in general because I was never a fan of school, even though I excelled at it, I wasn't a fan of it at all. Like I was disinterested, like you said, is that there is no, for example, if you had a passion, there is no, they don't create these opportunities for you to pursue or expand on that passion. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to follow the curriculum. It's like you take English, you take math, you take science, and your passion could be completely out of those elements or subjects but you you still have to abide by that. And even when you go to college, you're still required to take the core classes. Again, you take English again, you take math again. It's like all of these things that you've learned your entire life up until the point that you're now 18 and, and you're in your prime years to create something of yourself, right? Like this is your opportunity to seize a moment and, and really build on your future. 
but instead colleges even will restrain you from from like achieving from achieving your your fullest potential and your fullest you know capacity in this thing this endeavor that you really want to pursue mm. because with these core classes like sure after the fact you could take whatever you want but with these core classes they have to take that are required where you have to you're required to take a history course in english and math it's like it's just money they're, right it exactly it's all money and it's all control it's like and and surprisingly a lot of people don't graduate within four years it takes them longer and it maybe it wouldn't take them as long if they didn't have to retake english and math again you know mm. after doing four years in high school and you know eight <clears throat> plus years in middle and elementary school mm-hmm. so i don't know it's just interesting like it's just to me it's just mind-boggling not interesting just just crazy just and saddening in my opinion yeah and people Sad. People spend a lot of money and you're paying by the course in college, especially. So it's just, yeah, like it's like if you if you are passionate about something, like find the means to make it happen and don't allow yourself to be boxed in. Yeah. Just like Kanye says. Speaking of, have you ever heard of the zebra theory? No, it's a zebra theory. So the zebra theory is apparently so. Okay, so essentially do you know how zebras all look alike? Mm-hmm, like the like stripes. Like they all have stripes yeah. and stuff. A lot of scientists claim that that's for camouflage purposes. But if you go into the wild and you see a zebra, like that's the first thing you see before you see a lion, right? Mm-hmm. A lion is better camouflaged than a zebra is because the zebra is black and white. So it just like pops out to you. Uh, this, this, this is essentially a theory that claims that. All right. So let's imagine a scientist that's observing... Oh, Let's imagine a scientist that's observing a group of zebras, right? They always move in packs. In herds, right? Yeah. In in herds, yeah. So zebras always move in herds um, and they camouflage only when they're within their herd. So their camouflage only works when they're in a group. And that in of itself is worth just like digesting and really thinking about that. So they can only camouflage when they're in a herd, which makes it harder for lions to hunt them because lions require one target to really lock on and to coordinate themselves in order to be a, a successful hunt, right? Mm-hmm. So they can't hunt 10 zebras at one time. They usually go for one. Right. And so it's harder for them to identify which one it is because their their focal point is always changing. It's like, wait, I think it was that one. No, it's that one. Wait, the stripes aren't, you know? Obviously, they don't think like that because they're animals, but like instinctively. And so this theory claims that that let's imagine that a scientist is trying to observe and study one particular zebra. The only way for this scientist to keep track of that zebra in this herd is by stamping it. Right. So they 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 get like a cloth uh, filled with like red paint and then they just like wipe it on the zebra so that it's like now has like a red spot on it and Mm -hmm. it's easier it's easier to identify the result of doing that is that that zebra gets killed so that zebra becomes the first to be killed by the lions because now it has a red spot on it so it's much easier for the lions to identify Mm. and the moral of this whole story and this whole theory is that once you begin to distinguish yourself and color yourself and become more colorful than the herd the lions come for you 
Holy shit. So as long as you camouflage yourself within the herd, you are protected because you are like everybody else. Mm. And that goes to um, and that also applies to that saying that says that the the one that sticks his neck out the longest, I guess, gets the sword. So the one who sticks his neck from the crowd the the most or whatever the fuck it right, is. Right. So know, the more noticeable you make yourself. You become, yeah, the easier it is for you to get your head cut off. And huh. that goes back to like hundreds and thousands of years ago. So so that is a great example of what you said. It's like people are scared of being creative. And that applies also in another interesting fact is that people nowadays are super scared. For example, if you go to like an ultra wealthy person's house, house, you'll see that a lot of their deck, like it doesn't even have to be ultra wealthy. Like it could be just like anyone's house that that claims to have taste in like um, interior design. You go to their homes and what's considered eloquent and chic nowadays is like beige monotone you know like one tone uh brown uh dirt tones and stuff it's like very you know neutral neutral. colors yeah and one of one of the main reasons is that again people are afraid of criticism people are afraid of of expressing themselves through art so there's another theory that claims that people are terrified of art they they're they are terrified by art rather because art is is the full expression of self and in order for you to be f- fully expressive of who you are, you have to risk criticism and you have to risk ridicule and you have to risk other people disliking you, other people criticizing, other people um, just basically spitting on whatever it is that you created, right? And so people who want to be more accepted and who seek more approval and, and who have that like those personalities that are more predisposed to approval and outside approval they tend to have their homes more more quaint and more like you know like more neutral and then people who are very confident with who they are have homes that are very rich in character so it's like even if it doesn't mm-hmm. a, like apply to to who like what you like or or it doesn't appeal to your taste you can't deny the fact that this person has a taste you know and that's why when you walk into a house that has like a lot of purple a lot of color too much information to us, it may come off like, well, like that's too much. But then like it's it's very noble that that person took that risk. You know, like that person is basically communicating to you and saying, I don't give a fuck what you think about me. This is who I am and this is my home and this is an extension of myself. Mm. You know what? I hate to I hate to like bring it into this topic. But but what you said reminded me exactly of like fame, for example, people who are musicians, who are, you yeah. know, actors the they're more susceptible to you know people digging up dirt people you know trying to um destroy them you know people um with with paparazzi like harassing you you know you just become a susceptible target the more noticeable you make yourself the the more people will notice you and you put a target on your back mm-hmm. and and that goes for people who freely speak against the norms or the ideas the orthodox ideas mm-hmm. um that speak out against it they usually tend to get the most like um backlash for it ridicule right the yeah. most ridicule or or be or co- sorry i'm like stuttering or or get called like you know insane or something or get called like these words like oh you know like they're just you know they're they're strange they're unusual they're weird like they're not normal 
And what you said about the homes is like a perfect example because if you look at homes now, so many people are trying to follow like the minimalist trend. Mm -hmm. Copying celebrities' homes. Right. And it's because people are so afraid of, of embracing themselves and expressing themselves and being themselves and having their own ideas and their own, you know, creative inputs and their own, you know, um, outward expressions of who they are that they have to copy and paste whatever they're seeing. And that's why, right. And that's why the herd mentality goes for everything. News, like everyone just, just, um, gravitates, gravitates towards like this the same thing that everyone else is Mm -hmm. like it's very rare to see people just like right it's very rare to see people like distinguish themselves or or be isolated in their in their own ideas Mm -hmm. versus following the crowd yeah just super interesting And one last thing that I, that I just want to mention that kind of plays on what you on what you just said. I'm also staring today. We, <laughs> the rolling eyes, yeah, and I'm like twitching. Yeah. Um, we, <laughs> we woke up at 4 a.m. today. Um, we've we've been trying to get ourselves into this um like strict kick, for example. Uh, not for example. See, like <laughs> our brain is scattered right now. So apologies in advance. Well, not in advance. In retrospect, now because it's already 40 minutes in, almost. But yeah, so so that's why we're kind of scattered brain today and kind of um choppy with our speaking uh we're just very tired uh but we still wanted to do this podcast because we believe in this podcast and we love doing the podcast so uh just playing off of what you you just said one of the like one thing that that i love to think about and to view everything as is like this it's like within the known how am i going to express this hold on Okay, so 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 everybody has a known place, right? So let's say that you have your favorite bar that you go to every weekend. You have your favorite uh, store at the mall. You have your favorite little place that you know. It could be your home, for example. Outside of the known is always going to be the unknown. So it doesn't matter if you're going to your favorite bar across the street or further down the street is completely unknown for you maybe you know like there's always going to be that element of the unknown and i think that that's where artists and creative people kind of find solace and find comfort in is on the edge of chaos and order i think that everybody nowadays like they're gravitating to the um central gravitational pole which is like located in conservatism you know like it's located like it's 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 located in the center of the known and that's the safe place where everybody wants to go to. A comfort zone. A comfort zone, yeah. And then artists find find their greatest inspirations on the edge of the unknown. So like where 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 it's te- like where people don't know if the world is round anymore. If you keep sailing, like you're probably gonna fall off into the abyss, which is what they believed back then when you know like before they realized that the Earth was round. So like things like that. Um, I think that the same applies to like graffiti and to like Basquiat and to like what he led with his movement at the time. It's like they would live in these in these um, almost like crime ridden areas in like neighborhoods and just very like bad places. And they would enrich that place with their art. And then before you knew it, like that area was becoming gentrified. So like um, coffee shops were like moving in, uh, large corporations were establishing themselves there. 
And then the irony is that once the artists have like beautified a space or a place or a street, a neighborhood, a city, they're kicked out because they rely solemnly on 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 the love of art because they're not handsomely paid for their artwork, you know. So they often live like like a lot of artists starve. You know, mm-hmm. like they they live out of their car, they're homeless or whatever it is. So I think that it's just cool to like think about that in that extent. It's like cr- creativity takes a lot of balls for you to be a creative person. And to what extent are you willing to take that creativity? So for example, for us, right, it would be easy for us to start a podcast that uh, copies a verbatim another podcast, right? It, uh, let's say that that we like watch the Joe Rogan episodes as soon as they come out. And then and then and then we decide to like copy the topics and the sequence of topics like word for word, right? But that would wouldn't be a creative endeavor. It would just be a replicated thing, mm-hmm. you know. It so, doesn't matter if you're creating your own words because you're. It doesn't matter right. because then you're just becoming a vessel for someone else to like live through, you mm-hmm. know. And so, like, my point is that with this podcast, for example, is our way of expressing ourselves as artists because i feel like people express themselves as artists more than they give themselves credit for you know like if you're a a barista if you make um coffee every day for other people like you're an artist because you're expressing yourself through the creation of something through making something and i don't think it has to be like a tangible thing like a product for example but it could be words it could be just us painting pictures with words it could be us communicating with people so yeah i just wanted to add that you know what I think that's why the the uh, phrases were coined, such as like thinking outside the box. Right. What you're like goes back to what you're saying about you know just just not abiding by the norms mm-hmm. and not allowing not allowing these like whatever whatever the world is setting up for you it it doesn't have to be that if that makes sense like there the possibilities are in your grasp and you just you have to you don't have to abide by the set of rules that are right. established by society. exactly yeah. Yeah, through these these establishments like school like you know working mm-hmm. in a in a an office job for example yeah and that's why even though creatives are like aren't paid very well like mm-hmm. we're we're in a day day and age now where y- you can you know m- make something of your art yeah. whatever it is because because of social media like mm-hmm. it it is like an, a tool now to like you to connect with the entire world like you're right. no longer Basquiat who's just painting on the walls of you know a city because and and then only reaching those people who see it walk by right who walk by it now now you're able to you know connect with the entire world you're able to share your craft with the entire world especially with um tiktok like i've seen a bunch of artists that pop up on my for you page and i can't help but like engaging with their posts and like commenting even to like help them as much as i can and small business owners have have excelled in their in their sales mm-hmm. through TikTok, through social media, because all they have to do is post their um, their process, and people are just intrigued. Like nowadays, it's it's honorable to see someone you know really double down into this thing that they're passionate about like i saw some guy making rugs on tiktok and he made like a pokemon rug and it looked it looked insane you know and and people just doing things like that it's like it's really 
admirable and it and it sparks inspiration into the next person and i think that that's why like we're in a prime time right now where if you see that inspiration from someone else like you should take advantage of that and 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 channel that that inspiration into your thing Mm -hmm. and then pass on inspiration through your craft to the next person because like that's how it's happening right now it's like a domino effect i was about to say domino effect (laughs) every everybody's just like i feel like everybody's very create like i feel like people are now becoming more in tune with with just um dipping their toes into different endeavors Mm -hmm. instead of just following like graduating and then going off to get another degree and then working a job you know i think that covid played a huge role in that Mm -hmm. um where it might have stimulated people to be more risk taking i think that because of the fact that it was a disease that killed millions of people and it showed everybody that nothing's guaranteed i think that more people were like oh shit so like this like five-year plan that i have doesn't matter because my dad died of covid because my parents died or or because a close friend died um so so every like more people i'm not gonna say everybody but more people had uh someone at least with like uh two or three degrees of separation within two or three degrees of separation that 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 suffered severely because of this disease because of this um sickness right Mm. And I think that that's what may be stimulated because um, I think I've read a statistic recently that said that more people have quit their jobs since COVID than in the history of like recent memory. So if you take that into account and then people are just puzzled, uh, puzzled, like economists are puzzled of like, how are people getting by? You know, like one like one thing was for them to receive a stimulus check, but even that dried out. So like, how are people and I think that that's what they're doing. Like they're just finding something that they're passionate about. They're um, creating TikToks, getting monetized through TikTok. They're they're uh, selling products through TikTok, through other means, through other social media. And it just forced them like you're at home, you know, confined by the four walls that surrounds you. So like you might as well just like dig inwardly and just figure out like what is it that I can do by myself and not surrounded by friends and other people that are going to influence my thoughts and my decisions, you know, like I'm alone, I'm, I'm isolated. So it's a perfect time for you to figure out what you're good at and what you're passionate about. And that's the thing, right? Like, like being indoors, I think it really forced people to, um, find their own motivation and find their own purpose because, because they were limited to their homes and a lot of people lost their jobs. So then it's like, you're forced into being your own motivator because now you like just like you said you're not following your friends or following your peers or following you know anybody else you're you're just isolated and also finding your purpose in that time is was is and was pivotal for people because you you especially during the pandemic where you're witnessing like a lot of people losing their lives and and a lot of people you know, undergoing like mental health issues, like becoming very anxious, becoming very depressed, like you, you um, strive or become like hungry for a way out of that. And so you'll do it by any means, like you said. And so people, you know, um, (laughs) people discovered what what it was that would save them, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense, that would like save their soul during this like crazy time man yeah 
And with that being said, um, do you want to get into some voicemails? Yeah, let's get into voicemails. Sorry, guys. I never drink caffeine and I'm feeling like kind of jittery. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I always feel like jittery at first. Like, uh, less than a <laughs> cup of coffee with that. Yeah, not sponsored. Not Premier sponsored. Protein. Premier Protein. Will you sponsor me, please? I drink your protein shakes every day. <laughs> um, so we've received many voicemails. Um, yeah, like over 50 in one day. <laughs> yeah, so a lot, like dozens and dozens. Um, so we're going to obviously like we can't get through all of them today. So what we're going to do here is do you, do you want to go in order from from first to last or do you want to go from like the most recent to the first? No, let's go in order from first to last and like do a couple and see how and because a few of these are like questions that we're going to try to cover and try to answer. Mm -hmm. And so we'll like treat it as like a case by case basis. Um, all right. So do you want to do that then? Yeah, because I think we need to like honor the people that, you know. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, you all know, right, guys, got to first come, first serve. <laughs> first come, first serve. Okay, so, uh, so, uh, like I was trying to say, oh, I'm horrible at speaking today. Sorry, guys. Um, we are going to continue responding to these voicemails because they keep coming in, and so every episode we're gonna have the second half of the episode be dedicated to these these voicemails. And I'm sorry if we don't get to yours on this episode. We are trying to pump out two episodes a week. So next episode, we're going to do some more. Yeah, stay tuned for your message. Tuned. And a few of these did not leave a name again. Um, I get that some of them want to be anonymous. Some of them gave us aliases, which is, I, I guess, okay. You know, like we just want a name that we can call you so that when you're listening, you're like, oh, shit, like I'm... Mm -hmm. um i'm mr big dick or whatever that yeah. i that i can that i put here okay so let's get into it yeah like how can we be friends guys if we don't know your name yeah we need to know your guys. first name last name and social social security number so all right so let's you. go to this one i have captured a oh, oh this is an old that's, one yeah that yep. one's old okay wait i think it's this one this one um yeah this this has a kaya um my TikTok is like Hez TV, H E Z Z Space TV. I just need a, like a shout out for my um, YouTube. I'm a creator. I'm just trying to blow up my star for, for I like your content too. Uh, you taught me a lot of things too. And I'll hear Thank you. All right. Okay. So that was a shameless plug. Uh, we will shout him <laughs> out. Um, did you get what he said? He said TV, H E Z Z Space TV on YouTube um so follow him on youtube check his content out uh i wish i had seen this earlier so i could check out the the, the youtube before recommending it but mm -hmm. uh yeah so there's your shout out appreciate you uh he said that he likes the content that we create and that we've taught him a lot i guess right? his name is Isaiah, right i think that's what he said Isaiah, yeah yo that's cool um, yeah, though this, this has a kaya Oh, Hezekiah. 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 So shout out to Hezekiah. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for checking our stuff out. And we're just glad that it resonates. Right? Yeah. All right. Next one. Name is Jet. And um, I think Will Smith was right for slapping Chris Rock. <laughs> That's it? Okay. Bye. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So he said that he thinks Chris uh, Will Smith was right for slapping Chris Rock. 
Uh, we're not going to make a whole like conversation about the yeah, thing because we already covered it on the last episode. All right. If you're going to say he's right, at least tell us why then. Yeah, you, yeah, you got to sp- tell us why. You should have filled in that, that empty space with like, an explanation. Because yeah. let me know why why it's okay to smack somebody in front of yeah. in front of hundreds of people in the he whole world. He basically committed a crime. Like He could have gone to jail. Like If it was a normal person in a private establishment assaulting someone like he could have faced jail time yeah and and also it's different than doing it in private and then it's like a a two-way street versus you know just like blatantly going up to somebody and my quick opinion um just like i stated in the last episode jada pinkett smith is a witch and (laughs) she has a spell a, a very strong control over will smith she demasculated him is manipulating him is controlling him I think that his actions do not speak for who he is, but rather who he is trying to prove himself to be for this woman that he claims to love and claims to love him. But I don't think there's any love there, honestly. I think that uh, you truly only love someone maybe like once in your life and then every other love is not going to be like replicated the same way. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you agree with that, but but I think that that's a a philosophical school of thought as well. So I think her first love was Tupac. And then, um, I don't know if you knew this, but but they went to school together. Like, they grew up together. Her and Tupac? Yeah, like, same school. They they have, like, uh, yearbook pictures together and stuff. Like, they were, like, childhood soulmates, apparently. I don't know if you knew this, but I think it was a year after Tupac died that Jada had her first kid with Will. mm and so you, it was very soon after. Do you want to tell them about what happened on the wedding day? Oh, yeah. She cried down the aisle. So let me know why you think it's right that Will Smith she did it. She cried why? Emotional crying or because she, she didn't want to be there? No, she cried. She said in, in her Red Table talk that she did not want to get married. To Will Smith. Yeah. It's pretty clear. So yeah. let's. So, so I don't think it's right because, you know, I feel like he... I feel like he deserves better and he should have done better for himself and he should focus on himself, King. Yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. And that's it. Don't I think that he deserves better. Like Will Smith definitely deserves better than that. That's it. But again, she has him trapped. And Chris Rock, you deserve better, King. You yeah. you didn't deserve that, King. Yeah, King King. A lot of cringy <laughs> King placement. <laughs> you never she never talks like this, it's, by the way. <laughs> Just like no, because everybody says it in the comment sections. They're I like, know, I know. they're like, <laughs> he deserves better, King. Oh, like that's always like that's always been a weird thing for me. Just a quick side note: like <laughs> men who call other men like boss and king and stuff. Oh yeah, King, you, you like you got it, boss. Cool man. No, nah, I don't think it's cool. Like Come to on, me, man. I've uh, it's personal opinion. Like I've I've <laughs> always been creeped out. Kind of, I've I've always been like, like that doesn't really feel great. Like to be called a boss. It's like girls now, yes, queen. You it's know? like a weird like patron. Like it comes off as patronizing to me. It's because like every man wants to be like the alpha, quote unquote, like mm. on a very primal level. So if you're calling another man like boss, whatever, it's kind it kind of comes off as like a ridicule to me. It's like. It's like really like you you think I'm the boss really like there's mm. instances where it's genuine maybe no a lot of the instance a lot of the instances that it's happened to me like it's been genuine but I'm like I'm just saying how it comes off you know like it comes I off I get you anyway yeah. so it's like girls like the queen can sometimes sound petty yeah it's like I don't really know if you call in like if you really like call I barely her know queen. you yeah it's like let's relax with that all right um, next let's voicemail go. this one's a little bit longer. All right, so 
My name is Ryder, right? Right. And follow my TikTok, it's like Ryder.C0, I'm pretty sure. So, I have no idea what he said after Ryder that. Ryder.C0. Zero 04 is what it registered here. Uh, so try to search up Ryder.C04. He, he kind of slurred the last part. But, oh, hold on. Uh, wait. Let's just do that again. All right, so my name is Ryder, right? Right. And follow my TikTok, it's like Ryder.C0, I'm pretty sure. So I was just going to bed, right? I was like 2 a.m., pretty sure. Get some chips, right? I'm so hungry in the morning. Like, no, like, no I'm like... And I just walk downstairs, right? And while I'm walking downstairs, I see this, like, weird-ass creature. You know what you feel me? And it was crazy good. It was, like, big, pitch black and pranking shit. And it was, like, almost black and white. Had a hat on. I'm not just crying either, but I'm, like, dead serious. Had a hat on. And like I just see a, a quick glance of it. I thought it was a gay thing like that. And it was hella scared. So I just run back upstairs, hella scared. That I see the end of the open on my phone. Watch I watch you guys on TikTok. Watching you guys. I see it again, I'm like, oh my god, bro, it's just so scary. I don't know what it was. It was a, a dark person that had on. Scary as shit, you know? So all right. Thank you. Uh-huh. All right, I'm thinking Slenderman or Men in Black. Which one? <laughs> I'm thinking maybe you have access to an alien that you didn't tell us about, and the Men in Black are at your house. The to... Men in Black are at your house. I thought the Men in Black right away. They're yeah. there to brainwash you. A they don't want you figure with a hat on. Yeah, they don't want you to know any information about any. Yeah. <laughs> any beings that just exist a quick fyi like anyone who gets too deep into our content the, the government's going to come after you just like they come after us yeah and then they're just going to press like a button yeah and you're going to forget like, all about mentally gone and like, everything you've heard from us will smith is literally camped outside our door right now camped outside our house in a white van just waiting for the right moment with his sunglasses on. But I'm going to continue making those conspiracy TikToks because I don't want the government to stop me. No one's going to stop me. All right, next but, one. But we hope you're safe, man. We hope, you know. Yeah. Maybe Make next sure time, you lock your doors. Maybe next time don't go too late at night to make food. Maybe that's just <laughs> your brain, you know, trying to get you to go on a diet, you know, and be like, hey, yo, you know, like we, 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 like we got to scare him a little bit so that he doesn't eat at 2 a.m. Because those cars after dark no i will tell you this are the real killer when i eat late at night right before sleeping i have the craziest nightmares like Mm, yeah me too i probably saw the same black figure he's talking about yeah i'm not even joking i think that that's just the person like the personification of like carbs and it just like triggers your brain to create a character for it yeah be careful out there anyways next one with the food (laughs) good boy I'm telling you this while I'm taking that shit, alright? Alright. Basically, ah, fuck. Basically, one night with the homie, we walking back from the park. I have to put it that way, you know? After dropping off these old heads, fuck old heads on God, I hate them. Um, <laughs> just be out there, um. Ah! He's taking shit, he said. Ah! 
Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Hold on. Take your time. <laughs> I love you. Bye. Oh. Oh. Okay. All so, right. Um, I hope he's okay. I think uh, I was gonna say hemorrhoids, but I don't think hemorrhoids cause no. pain like that, right? I think that's a severe case of Taco Bell. Taco Bell. Yeah. Yeah. So I am sorry to this man. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> he uh, hope you know. Hopefully, he gets on a diet too. Maybe it's that two a.m. Taco Bell, like the other guy. So okay. one guy was seeing the tall figure with the top hat on and this guy's just 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 I just want to know on the toilet. I just want to know if he wiped standing up or sitting down. Yeah, do you wipe standing <laughs> up or standing down? That's the big question, right? Let me know which one it is. Yeah. There's only one right answer which is standing up. Uh, no. If you wipe don't standing do down that. then I don't standing know down. You. Standing yeah, down. Yeah, don't you shouldn't be wiping standing you anything. You shouldn't be standing down. Because you're just a glitch <laughs> in the matrix at that point. All right, so next one. But hey, we, we got to say we love them too. I mean, oh, we yeah, don't much know love, you, man. Much, much love. love out there. I uh, hope you got that checked, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> All right, next one. And I brought him back. Not bad. Fucking. Oh, it's the same person. He's oh. back. Let's see. Oh, wait. Oh, it's not playing now. And I brought him back. Not bad. Fucking. I don't even know what happened. Lucky. Well, what was I going to say? I don't know, but. Your wife should look your daddy. No disrespect. No disrespect. You don't you can't come to with that. Oh. You know, I love you guys that stand up like you. So tough and so long. What's your conspiracy theory story? I'm still in the toilet too. I can flush it for you. I can flush it for you. Okay, I got a toilet flush. Nice. That's nice. But yeah. What are you saying? Yeah. Can you add me back on Insta? <laughs> <laughs> I am back at He wants to meet us one day yeah so eventually <laughs> when we do a meet and greet in person one day uh shout out to this man again no name left uh the toilet man is what we're gonna call him uh thank you for the dedicated toilet flush i don't think i've ever had someone dedicate a toilet flush yeah to I, I need that toilet flush to flush all of my shitty ideas yeah <laughs> all right so shout out to that man uh let's and go on to the next one and he called you handsome yeah, hello appreciate it said so you're oh, a baddie yeah. no disrespect i appreciate the no disrespect because <laughs> people on tiktok don't have that common courtesy of you know being like oh respectfully you know respectfully and he sounds like he's from new york you know he uh, he sounds like he has that same accent from the kid who's like i'll say less you know like we outside <laughs> we outside respectfully <laughs> 
Got a body, respectfully. You know? Sit on his dick. Sit on his dick. <laughs> okay, so uh, next one. Oh, we're from from Jersey, by the way. So New York is right across. I think. Um, I'm actually really drunk, and I'm new on your episode, but I lost everyone that I love. Everyone. So, if you could, you know. Show me on your episode or, you know, tell me show some love. That would be great. Thank you. Mm. Damn. That sucks. Um, first of all, uh, I don't know what he meant by losing everyone. Um, I don't know if he meant literally like losing like um, death wise um, or if he just like lost contact or just... Um, destroyed all of the relationships with all the people in his life either way um my condolences that's that's horrible you know and you're uh, about to cry it yeah, seems that's... um hi I... I don't know man like like this one just hits different for me too because it was sent on a tuesday night and he said that he's drunk so my interpretation of this is that you know like it might have been more severe than i'm thinking because of the fact that he's coping with it with like you know drinking every other night maybe drinking on a weekday uh much love to you and all i can say is that depression sucks you know like i've been through depression myself i've been through you know like nights and and days where i just have like really bad thoughts and i will dedicate an episode eventually to that topic both of us will but all I can say is that it's definitely not easy, you know, like losing someone too, especially if you lose a lot of people that were close to you, a lot of people that you loved in a short period of time, like back to back. Don't cry. Um, all I can say is, is just try to be strong, you know, like that's like do the best that you can every single day. And it's one step at a time. It's um, trying to not only find a way out, but it's also trying to find a way to yourself and to your heart and to your soul because it's easy to lose that when you lose someone. A lot of yourself goes with them. And yeah, I, like, I, like, I'm just not prepared to like to like talk on this right now you know but i i do want to with with more with more preparation in honor of everybody who has dealt with depression and, and who has dealt with suicidal thoughts and who has you know like been down that deep hole um i do want to prepare myself for an episode where i'm gonna like go in depth with like my experience and hopefully if you're listening to this right now i recommend you tuning in because i am going to mention you and i do appreciate the vulnerability that you just demonstrated and just sending this voicemail, which to a lot of people may seem like nothing, you know, like it may seem like whatever, but to me it means a lot because it takes a lot for, for, for you to, you know, like reach out and yeah. And just know that you're not alone, you know? Yeah. That's, that's what I was going to say. Right. Be, like depression is a silent killer yeah. and so is loneliness, you know, not having an, anybody. And so like, whoever you are out there because he didn't leave a name right no. like you can always reach out to the number yeah. and even if you wanted to have a private conversation you know with us right. you know just to have someone to talk to but you should definitely find someone to connect with someone to talk to someone to just you know have by your side 
because it does help to an extent. Yeah. Especially if you're feeling very alone and you feel like you don't have anybody, like you should, who, whoever it is, be it a stranger, be it us on a podcast, like anyone. Because mm -hmm. it, like, it is a tremendous help to like have someone to lean on and kind of, you know, relate to even mm -hmm. with whatever you're going through. And yeah, I just hope that you're doing okay, man. Don't yeah. don't don't turn to these coping mechanisms. I know that like that's easier said than done, but you know, they're not going to be the thing that sets you free or that you know changes the way that you're feeling. If anything, they'll just feed into that that like those negative feelings mm -hmm. and you really need to find like a positive way to channel all of the the sadness or all of the um what do you call it just um mourning or whatever you're experiencing mm -hmm. just just focus on you in the best way possible and don't tarnish yourself because of whatever events that are going on around you right now because yeah. it's like the it's temporary whatever it is like it, even if it was something detrimental the the pain is temporary and so right. you don't want to feed into it right and one thing that i um two things that i'll actually recommend to you um if you're listening or watching this and it doesn't like even have to be this person that called it could be anyone who's going through a similar a similar predicament and who's who feels lost right now or who feels in a dark spot i recommend first of all to check out um, Jordan Peterson's content, Dr. Jordan Peterson. Um, you can find him on YouTube. He has a bunch of lectures uh, re like readily available on a various, like a, a vast array of different topics. Um, he covers depression. He covers, uh, he even has two books out. One of them is called um, 10 Rules for Life. And then the other one's called- 12 Rules for Life. Or, oh, sorry, 12 Rules for Life. And then the the sequel is called- 12 More Rules. 12, yeah. So so a total of 24 rules and these rules are great. Uh, they got me through uh, various different points of my life where I was just, just, just in like in an ultimate point of despair and with with no prospect of like any semblance of light at the end of the tunnel so i recommend checking him out and checking his content out and then secondly i also recommend reading the book called the myth of sisyphus by albert camus or camus uh, he's french um it's it's a very short read but it's very dense in that it covers suicide it covers um it, it it basically shows you why life is worth living. And I think that people need that more. I think that people, especially when they're in that depressive state of mind, it's very easy to let that that dark voice overcome you and like dictate. You're going to cry. <laughs> don't cry. And, and like dictate the <laughs> don't cry. Hey, don't cry. You're going to make me cry. You're making me tear up now. Because cause we were not planning on um, talking about depression and talking about these things that we've both suffered tremendously and even struggle every other day now. But I think that 
once you're in that position, it's very easy for you to feel as if you are at the helm and at the mercy of this dark voice that's in your mind. And this dark voice can easily consume every inch of every room that you ever walk into. And and that's just essentially what depression is, right? So I think that there's value in finding a figure that's that that has a certain level of authority, for example, or l- let's call it authority, that can kind of guide you and show you that there's more to life than what this voice is telling you. And that's why I, I, I highly recommend just seeking a voice of authority on, on the subject of living. So like that's why I'm so obsessed with philosophy because philosophy to me is my religion. You know, A, lo- a lot of people have religion to fall back on and have religion to, f- to rely on. Um, in my darkest moments when I felt like I had nobody, despite you being like right by my side and, and, but it's like, that's what depression is, is that no matter how many people are filling up the room, like you're, you're always going to feel alone. And so I just think it's important to find people who have a certain perspective on life and who can kind of gear you, guide you towards a, a brighter existence, you know? So yeah, oh sorry, and I think that we should end the episode there. Because, yeah, because um, um. Oh sorry, do you do you have anything else? Yeah, I was just gonna say like, like the the worst feeling is feeling like you're alone, and then on top of it, feeling like you serve no purpose in this world, right. and so you you like your entire existence feels meaningless, mm-hmm. like completely meaningless. And I think it's like it's so important, even though it sounds corny, but to just try to reassure yourself and give yourself these like positive affirmations that that change will come because change is inevitable. Mm-hmm. And so whatever circumstances you're dealing with now or however you're feeling about yourself, like it it truly is temporary and it doesn't have to be that way forever. And it sounds cliche to say that, right? They would say there's like a, a light at the end of the tunnel, but but they never tell you like how, how long it takes. How to find long it. yeah, how long this tunnel is and the, the obstacles in inside of this tunnel. Mm-hmm. But but I think the bigger message of that is that you you have to continue holding on to hope and continue believing in this glimmer of light to keep you pushing despite however long it's taking or despite whatever you're going through. Yeah. And not really necessarily worrying about when or what's at the end of it, but but just but just, you know, having that hope. I think hope is is so important. And I think everybody listening and watching this should also have faith, but not faith as other people define it, but faith as it's defined within your own realm of reality. Meaning you define what faith is for you. And I, and I think that that's another um, burden that that adds on to depression, for example, because other people can be very enthusiastic about your potential around you. But once you're in that dark space, like all you see are the negatives, all you see are the pitfalls, all, all you see are, are, are the negative aspects of yourself. So and so that ends up like adding more pressure of like expectations of other people wanting you to be better and to do better. It's like, oh, like just suck it up and get a job. Oh, dog, just do this. Oh, just like whatever. So my point is like establish for yourself what your faith is. And it has zero 
like it doesn't have to have any religious connotation to it. It's just like faith. Like you have to have faith in something, you know. So be it uh, you just trying to internalize and construct an idealized version of yourself in your head or a person that you want to be or the impact that you want to leave on the earth or or the impact you want to have on other people. Or, or it could be just very small things like small steps, you know, like practice betterment every single day, practice gradual growth every single day, you know, like practice... Um, I don't know, like do one push up a day and then the next day do a push up and a half, you know, like things like that. Like you have to push yourself through that tunnel. Just like you said, there are obstacles, but you have to, even if you stumble through those obstacles, there is a light at the end of the tunnel, but maybe this tunnel just has a lot of curves and, and a lot of obstacles. So when you look at it, like you don't, all you see is darkness and then, and then you start questioning yourself and questioning whether there is a light, but the light's just on the other turn, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, but you'll be like you'll be surprised at how far you'll get with those little steps. Yeah, because they add up at like you know the ultimate picture. Yeah. So with that being said, that was a little rough towards the end. Um, we will read all of these voicemails. Eventually, we'll get to the end of them, or maybe we will never get to the end of them. And that's also the beauty of this podcast is that people yeah. actually called in and actually wanted to share. Um. So I just want to let that person know as well that you've impacted both of us, you know, and like that should be a testament to your value as a human being alone, like not in a, in a narcissistic way where it's like, oh, like you have impacted both of us. So you have value. No, it's like you have value as a human being, period. You know, like it doesn't matter who it is, but don't ever forget that I think is the most valuable lesson. Mm -hmm. And yeah, with that being said, uh, don't forget to like, subscribe, uh, share this episode with a friend if you found any value in it. Um, engage with us on TikTok at Mentally Gone Studios on TikTok. And if you're watching this, you're watching this on YouTube. Uh, we have the audio version as well everywhere that podcasts are available. And yeah, it's never wrong. To be mentally gone. To be mentally gone. That's the slogan here. So don't be afraid to think outside the box don't be afraid to be creative just you know all the things that we cover here is what we stand and what we believe in and and mentally gone can also mean like don't be afraid to be vulnerable right Vulner because yeah. everybody is so good at maintaining a certain image of themselves yeah. but this is an open space it's like you right. can be absolutely anything yeah. you can be you could be a jackass right. you can be you could be vulnerable you could be whatever you want to be here it's like we're and, we're just here to listen and we're here to share and that's all. And just know that if society deems you as crazy, for example, just know that you're our type of people because those are the people that we want around this brand is like people who are viewed as crazy because they have the courage to think for themselves and to have different thoughts and ideas. That's right. And that's yeah. it. And with that being said, peace out. Peace to the world.